have a date at a coffee shop in a bookstore? Yeah, I guess. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Because I remember the time when that became a thing. And it was like a joke on late night comedy of like, what are they going to do next? A post office at the bar? And it was, <laughs> it was like dumb like that. And you're like, yeah, why is there coffee shops at bookstores? And now we've already gotten to the point where that seems weird again, but because it's old and antiquated. Yeah. And most bookstores don't have coffee shops in them anymore. No, but it was such a thing. It really was. Was that I the enjoyed... 90s or is that the 2000s? That was the later 2000s. The I later 2000s? Like... Mid-2000s, I guess. Like 2,500. No, like the mid-2000s. I remember like getting a big coffee and just wandering around and looking at books. Yeah. That did, was fun. But did you buy a lot of books? No. You're just in it for the coffee? Yeah. Hmm. I wonder, like, was that a sustainable model? I guess the coffee shop's doing well enough. And at that point, they're like, you know what? Nobody's buying these books anyways. Yeah, there Might was... as well sell them some coffee while they're here. <laughs> and blankets. And blankets. There was a Starbucks in the chapters on White Ave when I worked on White Ave. Oh, I yeah. Was... I used to make meet dates there all the time. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, and I remember that was the closest Starbucks to where I was working at the time. So you had to go into chapters to get Starbucks. So really like me looking at books also happened because I was just grabbing a coffee. And they were just hoping you might, you know, pick up some Dostoevsky on the way out. Yeah, exactly. Some light reading with my coffee. That totally worked on me because I much preferred books to coffee. Mm -hmm. But I'd be go there to meet someone. And while I'm there, you know what? Might as well pick up this giant book. Because I do remember people in the bookstore like angling themselves out from the shelf and just like holding a book up so that people would like think be like, oh, they're reading Da, da, da. It's really must be so no, deep. <laughs> that's like a sitcom bit. Is that true? No, I, I remember seeing people do that. Huh? Like you were gonna find love amongst the pages. Oh, I'm sure that's a book and a movie at this point. But yeah, yeah, true. You know, I, I missed my chance. I actually read all the books. I would have been able to answer follow up questions, but true. this whole time, true. But then again, like everyone I was dating at the time was probably also an English major mm. in school with me. So I don't think they're going to be impressed by it because they're like, yeah, that's my homework, Indy. It's not <laughs> Stop impressive. Stop talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I just finished my paper. Oh, should we start the part podcast? Oh, yeah. I thought we were just going to reminisce for three hours. <laughs> well, we are going to reminisce a bit more, but about the movie Babe. Welcome to another episode of I Love This. You should too. My name is Indy Impressive Books for Holding Randawa, and with me is my lovely co-host, Samantha Grande Frappuccino Randawa. <laughs> I actually don't know coffee stuff. I, I think that is a drink you do not drink, though. It is. like I'll have like one Frappuccino a year, and they usually make me feel sick after. Oh, so you should probably not have that one. <laughs> no, but I always enjoy it. It's always a hot day in summer. And I regret it, but it's fun drinking it while, you know, it's happening. Well, Sam, what are we doing today? Uh, today we are talking about Babe, the movie about a sheep pig. So this was your pick. Yeah. Even after watching it, I'm not sure if this was my first time or not. I think it was big enough that I knew things about it right. even without having seen it. Because a lot of it seemed very new to me, but a lot of it seemed very familiar. So. 
eh? I don't know if I'd seen <laughs> it before. But this was your pick. You loved it. You watched it. How many times do you think you've seen Babe? Maybe under 10. Oh, okay. I thought it was one of those VHS multiple rewatch movies for you growing up. I probably saw it quite a few times. I know I owned the VHS, but I don't think I watched it like a whole bunch. So upon this, your, let's just say, 11th viewing, <laughs> how did it hold up? It held up. I thought it was nice and like heartwarming. And for like a children's movie, it wasn't childish and it wasn't... um like baby-ish for like because it was probably made for young children but I think it has a lot of uh, charm that appeals to an older audience so we're not sure if this is your first watch but what did you think I liked it Mm -hmm. that's for sure it is a charming movie I think it comes down to babe babe the pig Mm -hmm. very charming yeah yeah, there was some little um, like moments where you really kind of fall in love with Babe and then you're really sad when Babe is sad. And they do a really good job of kind of sneakily making you care about Babe. I'm not sure how sneaky it was. I think right at the beginning, I was like, oh, okay, that's, <laughs> that's our boy. Boy? Is Babe a boy? I think Babe's a boy. And it starts off uh, harsh, much harsher than I would expect. I think that was the biggest surprise to me was how dark this movie is. Yeah, with the mom having the piglet taken away and like getting herded onto a truck, a meat truck. 90% of children's movies start with the hero being orphaned. Mm-hmm. That's uh, where they start from. That says a lot about us that we need to have any young character have no parents <laughs> for in order for children to relate to them. Which you can't is a bit be odd. a hero if you have parents. That's what I've learned. That's- the number one lesson from children's movies. And if that's not enough, Babe's mom is probably going to get eaten. We see the trucks coming through. And that is our starting point, which was pretty grim for a children's movie. And it gets like that in other places as well. Like we have our whole, the Christmas is carnage speech. And then they just sit there and watch that chicken be like torn apart and eaten. And they go like, yeah, that could be you. (laughs) And that's, they all just the, all accept that. Like, yeah, we, we might get eaten just like that. All the animals on the farm really understand how food works. Yes. Which was interesting. And how they are food. I went on one of those like parent review sites for movies. Oh, no. Because sometimes when it's a children movie, I like to see what people say about it. It's funny now that when you search any movie, because I always get stats from IMDb and Mm -hmm. Rotten Tomatoes for our big year-end things, those aren't the first things that come up these days. Now it is a series of different Christian review sites. Those are the first things. And I actually read one. What did you find on yours? Um, I found from Laura C. uh, She gave it one star. Oh, Laura. Not good for sensitive kids. Um, My five and a half year old uh, did not like when uh, the farmer was about to shoot Babe. Yeah, they wouldn't. Fair. I didn't Good thing like that. Babe didn't get shot. Exactly. Maybe your kid should uh, toughen the fuck up, Laura. <laughs> Maybe you need to shed some light on the harsh realities of life, Laura. Yeah, exactly. Sarah P. gave it three stars and says, don't show it to vegetarians or sensitive children. I, I think vegetarians would like this because it is 
showing like yeah these animals are being eaten and that's not nice yeah that seems like a it seems like it's a vegetarian message. this is like pro not eating animals because you see that animals are just being herded onto a track oh see that's where my christian reviews came in because they're like oh yeah it's good and everything but some people are going to say this is about vegetarianism it isn't this movie says meat is great the animals accept their fate because they know that's god's will and i was like oh that's an interesting take and they also were very adamant that of course a pig can be a sheepdog that's fine but this movie is not saying moms can be dads dads can be moms (laughs) and people can be whatever they want that's not what this movie is saying and they had to make sure that we were very aware that Pigs herding sheep, cute. Homosexuality, evil. Mm-hmm. Right. The goose identifies as a rooster. The pig identifies as a sheepdog. Or he's a sheep pig. I don't think he thinks he's a dog. He just wants the job of a dog. Yeah. Right? Or does he, he doesn't think he's a dog. I don't think he thinks he's a dog. I think he finds like a family with the mom dog. Yeah, I think it more mirrors the integration of american schools than it does any trans rights it's more about yeah found family and stepping outside of the zone the comfort zone this movie gets into a a lot of stuff (laughs) it really does it uh, has a good takedown of the caste system (laughs) i think there's a lot to be said about technology and how that increases the gap and dissociation between rural and urban communities uh, I think there's a lot of scenes that seem straight out of the integration of American schools. It's, yeah, it's going for it. <laughs> I think this movie uh, surprised me with how like relevant it is. One thing also that has surprised me, it looks older than I thought. Because, you know, I watch a lot of older movies. Yes. And... When you say like, yeah, it looks old, the one's like, no, it looks great. That's what I always think. And then I saw this, it's like, oh yeah, it looks old. It looks older. You didn't think it was set in the 90s. I did not. And I think part of it is because it's on a farm and it's it's, it's hard to tell. Country. And a big theme about it is about how the rural community refuses to join everyone else. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably talk about that. Technology. But the clothing on the people, because I I remember the 90s. I was alive, and I don't remember it looking like that. (laughs) This looks like it could have been the 1930s for most of it. It does definitely have a 1930s feel to it. Like the big dog show at the end, that looks like a baseball movie that's taking place in the 40s. Hmm. Yeah. Those types of grandstands and stuff, you don't see that in the 90s. True. Because I remember because I was there. (laughs) You were in the 90s. Yeah, but this movie has something for everyone except for sensitive children. (laughs) No, I think it's perfect for sensitive children. Sensitive children like me. True. I am nothing if not a sensitive child at heart. True. I get very affected, and this was a good thing because you're like, oh, no, Babe's going to die. No, he's all right, and he's going to save the day, and everyone's going to love him. Exactly. I was really sad for Babe when he had to sleep under the wagon. Oh, yeah, that was sad. He's like, I feel like the barn is exactly where a pig should be. Yeah. But the barn's segregated. Only good people in the barn. Oh, hot take. No, that's what it felt like. That... People who get less deserve less. Is that what you're saying? No, that is not what I'm saying. (laughs) I was saying when you're not like 
in the good books, like when Rex was bad and had to be sedated and then had to sleep under the wagon. Yeah, what happened to Rex? I don't know. Does he just get a needle every day now? I think maybe they just have him on some sort of like pill. But he got a, he got a needle. He got a needle that day, yeah. Just the one. Just the and one. that's going to sedate him for months. Months, yeah. Oh, that seems not safe. Poor Agent Smith. <laughs> that's Hugo Weaving was Rex. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh. That's the one voice I recognized. And then also Babe, of course. I can't remember her name. We'll pull it up right away. Christine, Christine Kavanaugh. Yeah. She does a lot of good voice work. Um, I think most people of my generation would know her as Chucky from oh. Rugrats. Yeah. And you can hear Chucky's voice totally. a lot in Babe. Yeah, it's got that same kind of feel to it. Yeah. And Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory. Oh, I don't know that I saw a lot of that one. But it's pretty funny. It's a Rugrats good definitely... Now that you say that, I can definitely hear it in Babe's voice. Oh, let's go watch Rugrats. Sure. Rugrats was good. It holds up too, I think. So back to Babe. What else did you like about this one? Um, I enjoyed the idea that you can be anything you put your mind to. I, I enjoyed that as a kid, I think. And as an adult, I was like, yeah, Babe should be able to be a sheepdog. I agree. And let's let's talk about that, but I had to do it like a little bit for a second. Okay, okay. <laughs> Go. I, I hate how we talk about the older generation. I think we kind of are that older generation now. We're close to it. I think but, we're the middle generation Sure, right now. but our parents' generation complains about like, kids these days, they try to be everything. Like, oh, men want to be women, and they're very angry about yes, that. Yes, yeah. Yet all they taught us... Or this current generation of like teenagers, all they were told their entire lives is like, you can be anything you want. So you keep telling people like, yeah, I can be anything I want. And then they're like, you know what? I want to be a girl. Now you're like, oh, no, that you can't. But that's where you draw the line? Yeah, apparently. Yeah, we were given nonstop movies about being whatever you wanted to be and believing in yourself. And now people are angry when people decide what they want to be. Yeah. And want to be that. Exactly. That pisses them off. And they're mad that we don't keep jobs for 45 years. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no job exists for 45 years anymore. But I mean, everyone's like... What, I'm going to be a typesetter? Nothing lasts. They call us job hoppers. I work in a dying industry. Yeah, the library. Yeah. It's a fun industry. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> I shouldn't say dying. A changing industry. True. I really enjoyed that like message of you can, you can do it if you work hard. Yeah. And you learn. Yeah. You can be a sheepdog. You can, you can be a boy. Yeah. Whatever you want. You know what? I believe you can. <laughs> Although I'm less on the like, you can be anything you want. I'm like, no, society's going to keep you down, man. You can't do most things. <laughs> True. I, I can't do math. So that really eradicates like most of the job market for me. Yeah. I can't sit at a desk for a long time. True. I can't do those That's things. That's one of my talents. You are good at sitting. <laughs> sitting. <laughs> Emotion- We're going to jump all over apparently. But did you get emotional when Babe got the sheep to like walk in a straight line? I don't think the moments of Babe's success resounded with me emotionally for the most part. I think when bad things happened, I felt sad, but I wasn't 
like, yay, babe, you did it. Because I, I guess maybe it's just because I, I knew it would happen mm-hmm. eventually. I think I was, maybe I was delighted by it because of the way he does it and how he goes about doing it not by scaring them, but rather just like kind of charming them and asking them nicely. Yeah. So I think it worked on me in that sense, but I don't think I had that big kind of like catharsis of like, yes, it happened. <laughs> did you get that one? Um, yeah, I did. And then like, of course, obviously, because I've seen this movie before, I knew what was going to happen. But I think the music in this movie and then the like very little emotion that the farmer shows is like, it was just like, it worked for me. And I was like a little misty eyed. That's at the big end part? At the big end part, yeah. I could see that. I get it. We get so little from Farber Hoggett that it's, like, really nice when he's like, that'll do, pig. And then, like, you know that everything's going to be okay. And when it ended, I was very surprised because I think, like, how when I show you Miyazaki movies, I say it's not going to have the same kind of conflict that you're used to, and it Mm kind of just ends. And this movie did that. Yeah. I was kind of waiting for another big... I guess there there was enough obstacles for Babe to overcome, but it mm. ends a lot quicker than I think most contemporary movies would. Right. I definitely, like with more movies that we're seeing nowadays, could have used like 15 more minutes. At the end? Just to like wrap it up. I, I think it, I loved how it ended. Oh. I think it's like, you know what? He did what he wanted to do. The end. I don't need anything more than that. And I feel like movies today would have another like three or four endings tacked on to that. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think they were needed. So I liked how it just stopped. <laughs> I was shocked when it, it ended. It very much did. To, like, it was just done. <laughs> I really enjoyed how this movie kind of like played with your emotions. There's a lot of like up and down mm-hmm. throughout it. Um, like when the puppies are born and you're like, oh my God they're so cute and they're running around the farm and like everybody loves a good puppy so i found that was really cute and then when the puppies get given away and that was kind of brought you down and it was sad and then babe has some success with the sheep and that brings you back up so it was a bit of a roller coaster and i enjoyed that i think it gives you a relatively sugar-free version of farm life Mm -hmm. because of course they kind of yeah they they're not going to show everything getting butchered or whatever exactly yeah but they do say like oh yeah those dogs were born and now they're being sold that's just how it is and it was a very much of a like circle of life kind of thing yeah and it yeah it didn't sugarcoat things and as someone who didn't grow up on a farm i wouldn't have known that as a child and i think that's a nice lesson to teach children who other than Babe was your favorite character? What's his mom dog's name? Fly. Fly. Fly is pretty good. I like Fly. I like Fly. I enjoyed the puppies. Well, of course. Like their all their commentary. Yeah, was super funny. I wish the puppies would have stayed longer in yeah. the movie. Yeah, but then I guess we wouldn't have the same waveform of <laughs> sorrow. <laughs> yeah, you you wouldn't have the same waveform of sorrow. That's true. Yeah. Um. I. Remember really liking Ferdinand as a child, and now I'm like, no, he's annoying. Now he's annoying, and like I could do without him. I feel like this whole movie could just like do without Ferdinand. Is Ferdinand anorexic? I, I think so. Wasn't there a line yeah, where he refers where to himself as an anorexic goose? Yeah, because he's trying not to fatten himself up so he won't get eaten. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought he just had an eating disorder, and I was like, oh, that's an odd inclusion. But yeah, that makes more sense. His whole thing is that. If he 
serves another purpose or doesn't meet the criteria of like a right. goose for cooking, he won't be eaten. So he's trying to be a rooster so that he serves a purpose. And then he's also like not eating because he's trying not to be the Christmas goose. As much as this movie is all about you can be whatever you want to be, it is also still very capitalist and like, well, you have to be something. Yeah. You better be useful. If you're not useful, you will literally be eaten. Yeah. That is a message that goes through the movie yeah. throughout it, right? True. That, yeah, you can work real hard and be what you want, but you better work real hard and you better be something or else we will eat you. The system will eat you alive. The wife wanted to eat Babe so badly. Yeah. She was out there like measuring him. She seemed kind of like a jerk. Yeah, she did. <laughs> she seemed a little annoying. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like Arthur Hoggett. I guess this is his name. Um, he seems like he just wanted a quiet life of contemplation and she was all like shrill and high pitched. So we can talk a little bit about the, the segregation in the movie and how <laughs> you are a barn animal, but you are an outside animal. And then he has to sleep apart, but then Babe is still kind of pro-chicken segregation because he likes to keep the brown chickens and the white chickens apart. Yeah, I think what they were trying to show you was that he was like working on herding or organizing. <laughs> I think Babe was like, oh, maybe all the brown ones and all the white ones. And then like we can all walk in a line. Yeah, and then everyone can remain pure. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I like when the dog is talking about like make them feel, feel inferior and do whatever it takes to bend them to your will. Like, the dogs have some, like, straight-up Nazi talk a lot yeah. of the time. Yeah, Rex was scary. And Fly. Fly said all that, too. True, yeah. Fly was definitely a sympathizer, if nothing else. <laughs> I'd say so. And I love how the narrator was included to show that the dogs thought that about the sheep, but then the sheep think very similar things about the yeah. dogs, and nobody just took the time to, like, talk about things yeah. like, like Babe does. And there's that scene of... Uh, Domestic dog violence? Because they were a couple, right? Rex and Fly? Yes. The puppy sign says that like Rex made all the puppies with Fly. <laughs> made all the puppies. Yeah. yeah. They made the puppies, but then they get into a big fight. They do because Fly it's is domestic starting. Domestic abuse. Yeah. Fly is starting to side with Babe and considers being nice to sheep. Yeah. I remember as a child thinking that the scene with like the wild dogs when they come. Oh, yeah. I remember thinking that was so scary. It was pretty scary. I, I can totally see that that would be really scary for a child, a sensitive child. <laughs> <laughs> like me. Um, I felt like didn't really need to be included. We were cutting stuff out of this movie. I also forgot that like, they just like steal a bunch of sheep and he doesn't say anything about it ever again yeah those sheep are gone yeah. they've been eaten already yeah um circle of life sometimes a truck comes and picks you up and eats you it happens twice in this movie yeah. that scene where the sheepdog committee is all gathering around and talking about babe yeah I've seen a lot of movies about Jackie Robinson, who was the first black man to play right. in the Major League Baseball, and it seemed a lot like all of those scenes. They, I, I know, like I'm always the one on this show to say, like, oh, and this is like, but I think they're really leaning into the yeah. themes of segregation and integration as far as pigs coming into 
dog jobs. Dog jobs. <laughs> Got to protect those dog jobs. Yeah. Um, I thought it was kind of fun that, of course, a sport that's only ever been done by sheepdogs doesn't have a rule that says it must be done by sheepdogs. Yeah, it's like that's the premise of all the Air Bud movies. Yeah. Like, Show me where it says a dog can't play basketball. Exactly. And everyone's like, ooh, right here, rule number one, people only. <laughs> but um, I just thought that was funny that um, the farmer like looks through the rule book and he's like, there's nothing that says you can't be a sheepdog, <laughs> sheep pig. So we talked a lot about how the ideas of challenging stereotypes and what the world has designed for you and how you can be anything you want. Maybe we talked a little bit about how kindness and empathy are more powerful than fear, because I think that's yeah. what Babe teaches us in the end, right? Mm -hmm. oh, both very uh, MLK messages there. Mm -hmm. What else is in here about how tradition and progress are at odds with each other? Yeah. Yeah, you see that um, with like the fax machine and the kids coming for Christmas and being like, well, no, we don't want a second fax machine. You need the second fax so machine we so we you. can, yeah. And I like that. And the idea that the mom, uh, the, like Mrs. Farmer, is like, well, I'll just write you a letter. <laughs> <laughs> and Goose and Rooster lo lose their jobs to automation. Yeah. The alarm clock comes and takes their jobs. Exactly. So really, this is kind of about the industrial revolution, or at least the <laughs> rapid industrialization and people moving away from rural agrarian communities to more urbanized ones. True. We also see that uh, industrialization with uh, the removal of the mom pig right at the beginning of the movie and yeah. the insertation. Insertation? Sure. Is that a word? Insertion. Insertion. <laughs> um, of the like stainless steel feeding bottle contraption bottle thing yeah 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 this movie is a lot more complex than i thought as a child it's almost like i didn't know about any of those things as a child <laughs> and babe is kind of bridging those gaps in all instances right yeah he's the one introducing the empathy he's the one most going against those stereotypes and although he isn't representative of new technology, I think we it's fair to say that Babe is not traditional. And when the farmer is willing to give Babe a chance to do these things, to prove his worth and break from tradition, he also starts going like, well, maybe I'll get an automatic gate. Maybe I'll do yeah. little things. And breaking from tradition does not mean I am losing my way. Right. But maybe it just means I am progressing mm -hmm. and babe is progress man babe is progress i want a sweatshirt that says that okay <laughs> in the babe font christmas is carnage babe is progress yeah that's a good sweatshirt it was really interesting to me how this movie is shot like how it looks it was so dark it's very dark literally and then kind of figuratively too a lot of it is shot like a horror movie is yeah if you looked at just stills from this movie you might think it's from a much more adult much more scary movie because so often it just has close-ups of body parts of the animals yeah and when it's them talking it'll just be their mouth yeah and that's not something you would do in a movie where you want everyone to be cute and charming but they did it here and i guess it worked right yeah it worked worked for me it was interesting because the subject like the content didn't really seem like a 
horror movie or no. like, like a super dark movie. So it was odd that it was shot like that, but I think it looked correct, I guess. Like it fit. It was jarring to me. It was enough that it made me question, why is it shot like this? Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if it's good or bad because I don't think it was a mistake, but it did seem out of place. I think a lot of it comes down to them using practical effects as much as they could. Mm-hmm. I think this is 95, right? This is 1995, yeah. So there is CG, of course, mm-hmm. but I think this is such a great era because this is right alongside movies like Jurassic Park where CG is coming for sure, but a lot of the best movies at this time were the ones that still relied heavily on practical effects, be it puppets or real animals or animatronics, whatever it was, actual physical things, and then just sprinkled in the computer-generated stuff when they absolutely needed to. Because those movies that you'll start seeing in 96, 97, where they're like, oh, we can do it with computers now. Let's just use computers. Those have aged very poorly. Mm -hmm. While your Jurassic Parks and your Babes, things that use a little bit of computer, but big giant puppets for the most part, those look a lot better. And I think this is one of those that looks good. There was like a few... Like maybe three moments where the way that some of the animals moved, you could kind of tell it wasn't like an animatronic yeah, version. Sure. Yeah. But pretty much everything else, it didn't like I didn't notice and it didn't take me out of the movie because I was noticing that it was CG or like it looked fake. So I think they did a really good job with that. Um, what did you think of the mice as like almost chapter readers the chorus the chorus right they're the greek chorus yeah i think it might just be there because such a large portion of this movie's intended audience probably couldn't read them yeah the title so they need someone to read it to them that's fair and they probably want something a little bit fun and funny yeah and the mice were good for that yeah and i liked how they were in scenes where they weren't being like the chorus they were just like also just in it like one's sitting on top of the cow's head when they're all looking in the window and like they're just around yeah like at a like farm. mice yeah so i thought i thought they were a super fun addition and yeah you're right most of the fans of this movie probably couldn't read when they first saw it you were like seven when this came out yeah i assume i could read but <laughs> but maybe aren't like wanting to read during a movie or sometimes being able to read that fast true true um or maybe doing something else and not looking at the screen i don't think that was nearly as much of a concern then as it is now (laughs) true i think if a kid's going to a movie oh their eyes are glued to that screen i was thinking about when i'd watch it at home and maybe i'd be coloring or something while it was on would you color just pigs no, like I, th- I remember having like a Lion King coloring book. Oh, that's a good one. And they got a Barbie one. Mm-hmm. All those classic '90s things. Um, they got a Little Mermaid one too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just you know, did you have coloring books? I didn't have as many branded ones like oh. you did. I had one that was dinosaurs and one that was like coloring. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> so it was like a book for coloring. It was it wasn't a, a Disney branded one. Oh, okay. okay. Just a coloring book. Did I just it got just the say generic coloring strip. book on the top. It said like, "Hey, kids, color." 
I think I had one that just said coloring book on it. <laughs> I did have one branded one, and that was a Ghostbusters 2. Ooh. Which I really enjoyed. Yeah. I enjoyed coloring. I think it also had jokes in it. Like, um, what's a ghost's favorite kind of pie? Booberry? The same kind that he liked before he died. Was that the joke? No. <laughs> I was going to be... Maybe. Appalled. <laughs> um, maybe my coloring books didn't have enough jokes in them, and that's why I'm bad at jokes now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get the practice as a child. Bad at jokes. How are you bad at jokes? I don't get them. Okay. Yeah, that is being bad at jokes. I'll give you that. Sure. And then I also don't know how to tell them. Right. I think I'm just like unintentionally funny sometimes. You're a pretty literal person. Yeah. And I live in the metaphorical. The joke world. The junk world? Yeah, I no. live in the junk world mostly. <laughs> oh, I said joke world. Oh, I do also live in the joke world. That's yeah. true. Well, this is a pretty short movie, and I don't know that I have much more to go over on it, unless you want a minute-by-minute minute recap. <laughs> well, I could start getting into, well, you know how I get into things. I do. But I think I think we touched on... <laughs> Like the Jim Crow South, we touched on the integration of Major League Baseball. Uh We talked about rapid industrialization and Uh how that can be disorienting. So that's all the stuff I needed to talk about. And also that pig was pretty cute. The pig was pretty cute. Okay, I have a final question for you. Okay. Would you enter a guess the weight contest if you knew the prize was you had to take care of a pig? No, I'm not set up to take care of a pig. No, exactly. I'd be really upset if somehow I won a pig. If it was a uh, a roast and they said, how much does this weigh? And then you take it home yeah. ready to roast. I'd, be, I'd do that. You could figure out how to roast a roast. I hear you just roast it. Is that a joke? <laughs> <laughs> I think if you have to ask. It's probably not. (laughs) Okay. I'll figure it out eventually. You could argue that that is wordplay. Oh. But the very minimum, (laughs) like, how, what do you, how do you roast a roast? You just roast it. Like, I guess that that's something. (laughs) It's not nothing. Okay. It's not nothing. (laughs) Someday, maybe by season seven, I'll figure out jokes. Yeah. (laughs) So when you were watching this this time through... Did you have flashbacks to watching it as a child? Yeah, there were definitely things that I remembered and that had like stuck with me. Um, But I forgot completely about um, Farmer Hoggett's dance scene. Yeah, yeah. What was that about? I liked it. He sings and then dances. Yeah. I think his wife isn't there. I think the pig is happy. (laughs) I think he is happier alone and with a pig. Than with his wife. Mm. His wife also, when all of the wives are watching it, they all just kind of pass out when someone does something that they don't approve of. Yeah. They seem kind of like dicks. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're not out there training the pig up. Yeah. They're all just concerned about how they look to others. True. True. Was this your go-to movie on VHS? No. I think that would have been like, Lion King. I think Lion King was an entire generation's go-to VHS. Beauty and the Beast yeah, and Little Mermaid. Sure. Like the trifecta of Disney movies. 
Um, but yeah, I I remember owning it and I remember my mom and I watching it together and loving it. So I say it holds up. I agree. I think I really enjoyed the feeling of watching it again. So is this going to be the beginning of watching all your nostalgic movies from your childhood? Well, because we're picking themes for the next like couple months, like monthly themes, um, there is a few childhood favorites coming up. Maybe that should be the theme, childhood favorites. Mm. But then again, you picked my childhood favorite because when I was five years old, <laughs> I loved Top Gun. Yeah, true. I got over it later, but man, did I love Top Gun. You were watching Top Gun. I was watching Babe. <laughs> I love Top Gun, uh, Enter the Dragon. And then maybe for like your Disney ones, my most watched VHS was probably Cool Runnings, which we've talked about on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Disney really had a lock on the VHS market. Those big giant clamshells. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, we will see you next week when Indy reveals what we'll be watching for our big watch. And we have another two animal spoiler-free things of the fortnight. I think I'm just going to call it now and say I'm going to do a pig movie too. You're going to do a pig movie too? Yeah. <gasps> the animal month has turned into pig month. Yes. So uh, go get yourself a BLT and uh, oh join God. us again next time. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Wait, you, you eat more ham than, than most people. This didn't make you... When do I eat ham? When do you eat ham? What is your favorite type of sandwich? Ham. When we have Christmas dinner with like turkey and everything, what's your favorite thing there? Turkey. What? I thought you said the last time it was ham. I love ham. So you just said, when do I eat ham? And then also, I love ham. Yeah. So you love ham is what I'm saying. I do, yeah. Did this movie make you not want to eat ham? No. It's just too delicious, huh? Too delicious. I could give up ham pretty easily. Could you? Ham? Yeah. Bacon. Yeah. Bacon's good. But I'm also just sick of how much other people love bacon. Bacon's good. Nobody's going to say that it's not good. But like, you guys need to give it a rest. It's not the best <laughs> thing ever. It's pretty good. Oh, man, bacon. Okay, fine. I love pigs. Do eat. Do eat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>